My wife and I went shopping for a new pair of shoes for my son, and I knelt down to see if they were going to fit. And I said to my wife, babe, I don't think these shoes are going to work. They're a little bit too big. And she said, no, 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 they're perfect. He has room to grow. And I thought to myself, don't we all? So recently I had a phone call with a buddy out in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, shout out to my buddy Derek. And Derek was talking about this idea that he stumbled across, which was um, this idea of prehab, which I'd never heard of. I heard of rehab, but I've never heard of prehab. And so he started telling me, dude, there's all these ways that you can like get your body prepared for potential injury and do your best to prevent the injury from happening in the first place. But if it does, your body's way stronger, can recover faster. And um, so I started checking out these guys on YouTube. I highly recommend them. It's called Prehab. This is not a paid sponsorship for Prehab. Um, But I love the word. I literally couldn't shake the word Prehab. I just thought it was a fascinating word. So uh, when I was young, I don't know if many of you know my story, but I had an injury. I tore my rotator, my labrum, and my right arm, my throwing arm. I was a baseball player. And uh, it was pretty rough. And I had to have surgery and all of these different things. And I had to go through a long, long journey of rehabilitation, uh, which, you know, when you think of rehabilitation, I was very um, accustomed to it because I've been injured many times and I've had to go through this process, which is fixing something that has been worn down or destroyed. So if you've ever been injured, you know what it's like to have to go through the process of rehabilitation. Now, what is prehabilitation? Well, it's the process of getting ourselves in a better place before the difficulty comes our way, before the pain comes our way, before the injury comes our way. So prehab is about identifying the areas of our lives that are vulnerable, that are weak, and that are imbalanced. I'm going to say it one more time. Prehab is about identifying the areas of vulnerability, weakness, or imbalance. I have learned that this can be a superpower to accomplishing goals, to more than just accomplishing things, being who you really want to be, which is really what all, like, this is what the Brave Work community is about. The act of emptying ourselves continually so that we can see what is worth being and doing. So this is one of the ways that we believe we can give you guys some encouragement and we can bring some life into your new year. And uh, we're going to talk about prehabilitation and what it could mean for your life if you start thinking preventatively. Um, I think we do this in medicine. We do this with health in a lot of ways. Um, Some of us, hopefully. Um, But I want to propose to you, my hypothesis for our podcast today is that thinking preventatively, living preventatively is a superpower to not only becoming successful, but becoming someone that you are proud of when you look in the mirror. And so today there is a person sitting in front of me that I could not be more proud of in the whole wide world than my wife, Jessie. And she is on the podcast in 2023. We're doing it, babe. Hey, hey. We are in the room and she is on the mic and we have a whole new setup. She's painted walls. I can't wait for you guys to see it. We're going to have some new video stuff coming soon. But I wanted to dive in deep into this idea of prehabilitation. Um, it's something yeah. as a mom I have seen you do with incredible vigor. You're always mm-hmm. looking into things, reading things, researching <laughs> things, asking questions, calling other moms. Got to. Why do you do it? Why does it matter? Man, I think, honestly, the the most truthful answer that I can give you is that I think 
as moms and as human beings in general, but as moms, we have a tendency to always be catching up Mm. and to be parenting in a reactive way. And you and I have talked about this a lot in our parenting as we've learned primarily through justice, but then in joining Noe to the family and having two and the dynamics that that has brought we don't want to be caught sleeping. We don't want to be constantly reacting yeah. to to things that he brings into our home as he's learning from experiences in the outside world and that sort of thing. We want to we want to be leading the way. For me, it's huge to mm-hmm. be prepared. And I'm not necessarily someone that people would describe as a plan ahead gal, you know. Uh, my personality lends itself to spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Um but really inside, internally, in the brain, it never mm-hmm. stops. It's always going. And I, I think generally speaking now, I think that is a mom trait. Mm. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've recently learned about something called kin keeping that mm. um, moms do. It's all the background work that our, our brains are doing that nobody knows or sees. And yeah. it's the busy, the busy hands all the time and yeah. the, the lists and the yeah. Amazon orders, you know? Um, well, I can, I can say really quick, just yeah. from, just from being in our marriage and being the dad and the husband, uh, our kids would be dead by now if it wasn't <laughs> for your prehabilitative thinking uh, preventative thinking. That's I mean, funny. I can't think of how many times we've been at parks, been out, been at the mall and like a, a diaper blowout and you're like, mm-hmm. I, I have extra. And then it's like, they're starving. I have a snack. And then it's, you know, yeah. there's always a snack. I don't know where you get them, yeah. how you make them happen. Well, it's the idea of you get to know your child, right? And then you want to prevent meltdowns right. that are disruptive. They're, they can mm-hmm. be embarrassing. They can be a lot of different things, right? You're they're like shocking to the nervous system when all of a sudden there is a child emotional explosion. And mm-hmm. not that we can avoid that by any means, right. but there are things that we can do to lessen them. One thing as a mom, I do a lot with, with justice primarily because of his age, is I tell him, I prep him for things, right? Like, hey, you know, hey, I just want you to know that so-and-so is having a party today. Things that I could keep from him, right? right? But I know he's going to find out about it later. And I want to, I want to lead him through his emotions Mm -hmm. um, and present it to him in a way that I can be there for him. I can, you know, verbally affirm him. I can physically, you know, affirm him with a a hug, whatever it is, rather than letting him experience these emotions and feeling all these things and then doing the background, you know, Mm -hmm. the back end work where you're like trying to soothe and comfort later. So Mm -hmm. it can be, hey, I just want you to know that so-and-so is having a party today and we weren't invited and that's okay because not everyone can always be invited to everything. They're still your friends. They still love you very much, but they probably only were able to have mm-hmm. a few people. And I don't, I know that that can sound sad to you and, and you know, and you can see in the demeanor mm-hmm. and all of the things and all the change. But I want you to know that when you hear about this later, when the other kids are talking about it, you don't have to be sad or you don't have to be surprised by that because it's okay because you're loved and you can still be friends even if you're not always included in everything Mm -hmm. you know or there can be details or things that I could have thought through in my you know older mind and you know kind of from a bird's eye view you know what 
I think they only invited people from school. You know what? I think they only invited girls to this party, or I think they only invited kids of a certain age. And that's okay, you know? And that does not mean that they don't love you. So kind of getting to like Mm. help him frame the thoughts um, or, but that's for anything, right? A day where I know he's looking forward to a lot of, a a lot of fun things and a lot of things are going wrong and I already see the weather changing and this is not going to happen and that's not going to happen. You know, just kind of getting to, to walk him through, that would be the, the prehab that I do as a mom would be like, Hey, you know what, buddy, not everything always goes our way and that's okay. You know, like it's sometimes it's prepping with that. It's saying, hey, if this doesn't happen, you know what? Instead, I think it'll be really fun for us to have a family movie afternoon. Mm -hmm. We'll put Sissy down and we'll get to play games, just us two, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff in parenting for sure. Yeah. And you're really, you're really good at it. I mean, I, I, I can um, I publicly tell you, I mean, I tell you mm-hmm. all the time, but you're incredible at it. I would say one of the things that you and I have both learned about parenting uh, probably more recently than not in our 12 years, going on 13 years now of marriage Woo. is about a, a parent's role is to help regulate the child's affect, which is to help regulate their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about is in regulating their emotions is thinking what emotions will they possibly have yeah. and how do I prepare not only myself for that those emotions but also prepare them to walk through them yeah um i kind of grew up in an environment that was uh kind of a a look away environment when it came Mm. to feelings and emotions Mm. which you know and and so um in a lot of ways i didn't know how to regulate my own emotions i didn't know how to feel them and then when they came i wasn't prepared so now at 36 i feel like i'm doing a lot of rehabilitation around trauma what we now call label trauma and uh, childhood things and all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's beautiful that as a mom, you've learned how to be preventative uh, and prepare for mm-hmm. your children's emotions because regulating a child's affect is basically demonstrating for them what proper emotion looks like, yeah. proper emotional response and reactiveness looks like to a problem right? Uh, or a conflict or a difficulty or a hard situation or a friend dynamic. And so You've done a great job at doing that. Now, obviously, we can never be fully immune from suffering on this side of eternity. However, I do think we can be more prepared. So let's talk about some ways we could be more prepared um, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our finances, in our friendship, in our business, in faith. Uh, what are some ways in our marriage, and I'll, I'll just open the floor to you. Sure. We, we didn't talk about this a ton, but mm-hmm. what are some ways in our marriage we've learned to be more prepared? Uh, Prehabilitative, if that's even a word. I think it's a word. It felt good yeah, coming off my yeah. tongue. Okay, uh, it's it's practicing new things. Like yeah. honestly, the the biggest gift you ever uh, give to a partner and to a relationship of any kind of friendship, anything, is to be willing to try something new. Yeah, and I know even though we came from really different backgrounds, mm-hmm. I also in a different way was from a family that didn't regulate emotions well, whether it be that they didn't talk about it or there were explosive emotions, whatever, you know. And so I think for us in our marriage, one thing that I personally have done um, is in in a, the heat of an argument or a what do you call them like a you, you always say you're talking passionately or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, whenever I get loud, <laughs> Some people, kind of I just say I'm I'm talking passionately. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm being passionate. I'm passionate. Is, for me, one thing that I I that was just a practice. No one ever told me to do it, but that it has helped is like 
you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything I don't mean. Yeah. And it's, it's me reminding myself. It's yeah. not, it's not me being holier than thou with yeah. you, right? It's going, I'm not going to say anything that I don't mean. And it's me acknowledging that I'm in fight or flight and I feel all of, you know, uh, when yeah. you almost get in a car accident, right. And that yeah. your whole sense it like a, what is it called? Nervous system. Nervous yeah. system, like, like spazzes. Mm -hmm. I feel that. And instead of just shutting down, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything I don't mean, right? So that's like one thing that I just practiced. Yeah. But I think in a, a larger scale, therapy before you need it, yeah. you know? Um, Counseling before catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, like for real. So We've we, done that. Yeah, yeah we, uh, two, what is it, a year ago, two years ago yeah. maybe now, um, that was one of the best decisions we ever made. For is we, sure. We could foresee that we were going to walk into a difficult season. Yep. It was just before... Pedro took a new job that yep. was going to just look wildly different than yep. any rhythm we'd ever had. Yep. You know, going from entrepreneur life to like having schedule and him mm -hmm. being gone regularly all day long from the family. Yeah. And we knew that, and, and us not working together because yeah. over all these years, scary. we've been like mm -hmm. a, a partnership, even in business. So mm -hmm. knowing that there was just going to be so much disconnect, yep. um, we reached out to friends, to, well, actually to mentors, to Jude and Chelsea Smith, who were so gracious mm -hmm. to share with us um, a recommendation of someone that they love yeah. um, f as a therapist. And it was crazy that first phone call, right? Because right. she was like, oh, wow. Like she was expecting us to have um, problems we were bringing. Like, this is what we're going through. Yeah. And, um, which when, I did tell her that you had slammed the door in my face a couple times. Shut and, up. And I'm no, kidding, no but, but it, I remember her <laughs> surprise, but then I also yeah. remember, um, even though she was like, oh, this is so great. And she was so proud of us, right. Yeah. For doing this and making which this felt decision. Really great. It felt really great. Yeah. We're like, oh, we're, cool. We're crushing it. Can we get our money back? No, <laughs> yeah, we're like, no, we're like therapy <laughs> session one. She thinks we're awesome. But <laughs> then also like shook. Sure. I was shook by, yeah. Oh wait, we had nothing prepared to bring in, and how we like went over on our time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> in that phone call, because so it was gracious, like yeah. even without having a problem, there were plenty of mm -hmm. there was plenty of little landmines yeah. like that we potential. Yeah, potentially we could yeah. step on at any time that we we had kind of underlying there that weren't yeah. explosive enough for us to be like holy. Like, whoa, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's the best thing we ever did because as we walked through that season that proved to be incredibly difficult, yes. we were united. We were united. We were ready. We were, we were prepared. Mm -hmm. And she did a great job of setting us up for that. So and that's we didn't question each other or ourselves throughout yeah. the process yeah. because preventatively we, we had walked through we, and we processed. Had, yeah, we had had yeah. conversations. Mm -hmm. Um that's the marriage side for us. I think the parenting mm -hmm. side would be a cool one to kind of jump to quickly and just think through how have we been preventative in, uh, in parenting. I can jump in on that one really quick and just say a lot of my passion for preventative, um, healthy parenting has come through a lot of what felt like a lot of unhealthy parenting that happened for me as a child. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting just to note, like, and I'm just thinking out loud right now, but to note how our pain can become a prehabilitation alarm in some mm. ways for us in mm -hmm. new seasons of life. Yeah. And that's what my pain was for me is like, I look back on my childhood, my parents were not uh, evil people by any means. They weren't 
Uh, they, they're people who really, I think, did do their best with yeah. what they had. They made their decisions. They, they played their cards, so to speak. But from that, there was some fallout. There were some sure. difficult things I've had to embrace and, and walk through. And that's what's given me a passion for being preventative in my parenting. Yeah. Um, so in case you don't know my wife and I, and you don't know our lives, we, we do have two kids. We're not just talking about parenting with, and we don't have kids. Hmm. We're, just, we're like the people who have a dog and we say we're parents, it's not us. <laughs> um, and so we have two kids. We have a, a seven-year-old son, Justice, and a beautiful baby girl who will be two in April, yeah. uh, which is crazy to say out loud. Um, one of the ways I think we've been preventative is um, is is reading. Like, I mean, I, I feel sure. like you and I both are always reading articles, reading news things, uh, reading books, tons of books on our shelves about parenting, about loving your children well, leading them well, discipling them well. Yeah, um, I think that that's one big preventative, simple thing that we've we just feel like we're always ongoing. Um, and then that second one I would say that comes to mind is conversations with other parents. Mm-hmm. Is community is yep. all, we're always watching and asking questions of other parents of like, yeah. what do you do when this? Like, how does that? play out for you? What are your kids like? Are they like this? Is your seven-year-old do this? Like, yeah. um, to make sure that we're aware, we're preventative, we're thinking mm-hmm. ahead. Um, and then lastly, for me, I can say, and then you can fill in anywhere here, just feel free to cut me off. Uh, and if it makes me mad, we'll go back to counseling. Um, <laughs> I would say a big part of um, my parenting lately has been recognizing that I'm going to need to ask my kids for forgiveness the older they get sure. more and more and more. And um, that is something I, I've i just said now, I mean, we kind of did it from the beginning, but as mm-hmm. they get older, I'm learning, you know, there's just days where I'll go to work and say, I'm going to work for an hour upstairs and I'm there mm-hmm. for four and yeah. that I need to just go apologize. Not that my kids are bitter or angry or mad, or they really even know how long I was up there in, in their brain, sure. but um, I think just asking for forgiveness is a powerful preventative tool so your kids don't, as they get older, don't build up animosity and resentment. Now, that doesn't mean it's a license to just keep doing it. Right. I think it's, but it's it's just saying like, hey, I got caught up in some work today and I wasn't planning on working that long. Will you forgive me for that? Mm-hmm. And uh, we practice saying, will you forgive me? Not I'm sorry, because yeah. uh, I'm not sorry. I'm I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not sorry. Mm-hmm. I am... Um, but I will say, will you forgive me? And you do this a lot too. Yeah. These are some preventative things I think we've done in parenting, which I'd yeah. love for you to add some there too. Well, these little people are the ones that I spend the most of my time with, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm going to fall short, they're going to see it usually. So I think something that resonates for me and that I could just start with would be to say that the hardest part of parenting for me is parenting me out of them, Oof. right? Is yeah. And that starts with like awareness of myself, like the self-actualization to go like, I, that's me. Like they saw that in me, they like, or they get that trait from me or that, because it can be very difficult to parent that thing, but I still am it or, you know, I'm still learning through that. So I think that one way I parent um, and do some prehabilitation is being aware of me and acknowledging it sometimes, even to justice, because he's at an age now where he knows and understands, right? So um, usually I think that tantrums are an eight, like within us, but also it can be learned behaviors too. Like that is my child 
stressing out over these plans changing because he sees me stress when plans change because I hate to be disappointed when people like back out on me or things like that. I would say that that's probably a, a big thing for me is acknowledging me. And then when I fall short, when I'm having an off day, an off season, letting him know in an age appropriate way, like, hey, I'm sorry that I'm off today. Right. I, mommy has feelings too. Like I, I, I that I'm sad about this. I, and even telling him, you know, I'm fearful with people coming into town that I won't have enough time to get everything done that I need to get done. And and right sizing that yeah, for them to understand yeah, it. Not saying, necessarily giving them all the details, but right, not giving and not it. not causing any guilt or shame for or them, burden yeah. on him. Yeah. But me going like, you know, I could use a little help. You know, mm-hmm. in in if you could help pick up toys, then that would allow mommy mm-hmm. to you know like to mop the floors and to vacuum, yep. you know, just things like that. To where yeah. I give him the opportunity to love me well, to see my 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 pain, but not in a way that it's something he needs to fix, but that's something that he's aware of because that's I good. want him to be empathetic towards yes. others, you yeah. know. And that starts with me showing that I'm not perfect. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think in in finances, to jump to a different category, I would say we've done this just by simply by mentorship and research and reading. Um, And not perfectly. Oh, (laughs) definitely not perfectly. I think we've made a lot of financial mistakes over the years uh, that we've learned from. And so they're not really mistakes. I mean, they really are lessons and they've been super helpful. Um, I think one thing in finances and business that if like now as I'm getting older, I'm like, I wish we would have had a better CPA, like as as, yeah. as, as such an old person thought, but <laughs> I found a great CPA now. So if you need somebody, holler at me. But um, yeah, I think just finding, building a little team around you is preventative, right? Like sure. you think about your body, your body is your, your every part of your body is affected by your core. Mm-hmm. And in business and in finances and in marriage and in faith, every part of those entities have a core to them. And mm-hmm. the core is the most important thing. And so if you can find people and resources and tribes and communities and forums and whatever it is that can help strengthen your core, you're going to go do better work, more meaningful mm-hmm. work in your life. It's going to be above board. It's going to be uh, in line with the law. It's mm-hmm. going to be aligned with tax codes. It's going to be, and all of those things matter. Like we can't just yeah. go do the fun part of our work and not and neglect the business stuff. And so part of being preventative, being prehabilitative in finances and in business, I believe especially, uh, is building a really good team. I, you know, mm-hmm. this morning I was on a call for a Zoom call for an hour. Yeah. Uh, with a just team learning. out in Arizona, just learning. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the same guy who told me about the prehab guys. Uh, I was on yeah. with him and and his mentor and uh, in business, and it was just so helpful for me. I learned so much. I mean, yeah. I took four pages of big yellow pad notes mm-hmm. and was scribbling and drawing lines all over the place and asking a million questions. And I felt, uh, to be honest, I felt very small. I felt I felt very young. And I felt too old to be asking some of the questions I was asking. And she just kept saying, it's never, you're never uh, too young to ask these questions. You're never too old to ask these questions. You're asking at the right time for the right moment for your life. Like just ask away. Like, And it gave me so much peace to know like, I'm not behind and I'm not ahead. I'm just right where I'm supposed to be. Um, And I know that that call will help me five, 
10, yeah. 50 years from now, it'll be beyond me, my legacy, what will pass on to right. our kids and our kids' kids because of an hour phone call of someone just teaching me things. Sure. I'm going to actually bring uh, Derek and her on because of how cool. quality the conversation was and how much I think it could add value to our community. Um, I think, yeah, can, I, can I add something yeah, to that? Just, sure. It's interesting. I'm just listening to you talk and I'm, and I'm thinking about the fact that we really have such a tendency to only do things in when things get bad, right? Like to yeah, only, oh, wait. I'm going to take action once things are like really not good anymore. And mm-hmm. financially, a lot of people won't bring, you know, someone on the team to fix taxes, right? Until they're being, the IRS Audited. is after them, yeah. you know, uh, or they realize yeah. there's so much that has gone wrong. And I yeah. think that that's a really good point It because one thing I think for us that I wish we maybe would have done is even when we really, we were making it, cause it's always been like, oh, well, our income isn't like everyone else's or yeah, it's, it's not different. super consistent. Yeah. So we won't, I don't know that someone would want to take us on mm-hmm. full time with mm-hmm. business management or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the consistency piece of having the same people maybe on your team for years and seeing that growth and understanding where you've been and, you know, like being able to really help grow your credit and grow your, you know, assets and your your savings and your investments and all those type things, that would be huge, right? In the same way that like starting small physically, mm-hmm. going to the gym and starting small when mm-hmm. you feel like I don't really have anything, you know, but you're just showing up. Yeah. You know, and you're just whatever you've got, you're given that yeah. and how that can over time just grow like boom yeah. in such a huge way. I think it's I think it's the prehab when it comes to finances is would be an amazing thing to be able to start when you're young in business, when you're young in life. Mm-hmm. And but also that piece, like you said, of like you're never too old to start. So wherever you are right now, it's better to start now in any kind of health, financial, emotional, physical yeah. health. It's it's better to start now than to to not at all, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to touch on two more and then kind of close with some thoughts. So like sure. one being friendships. I feel like you have mm. done an incredible job of being prehabilitative in your friendships, kind of laying out for new friends in your life. Like, hey, this is what I'm longing for in friends. And this is what I, how have you learned to do that? What are some things you could give people <laughs> of like, these are some things I've learned that have been really helpful in my friendships. Yeah, I just I just posted something recently that was funny because it was these older celebrity women talking about relationships. And um, the one is like, saying exactly what I would, what resonates with me. I go into friendships and I go like, Hey, I'm looking for my people. Mm. You know, like I'm looking for my people. Like I, I want to be faithful here. I want to make this a priority. Like I kind of use the fact that I am a communicator and that I'm Mm -hmm. blunt in some ways. I use that to be, um, just clear. You know, you always say like, Clarity, Clarity is, is kindness. kindness. That's Brene Brown. Know? That's yeah. Brene Brown's quote. I can't steal it. I, I, but I'm saying you always say that to <laughs> yeah. me and in our home. Yeah. So you're the you're the originator of that in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and if clarity is kindness, then knowing expectations. So because there's two ways I, I see expectations. Either don't have expectations on someone, or if you do have expectations to acknowledge them internally mm-hmm. and then to communicate them out loud. Because otherwise, good. what is the freaking point of an expectation? Yeah. All it will lead to is disappointment and discouragement. Yeah. So in friendships, I, I'm always like, I'm like, 
hey, you're my girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to know that, like, mm-hmm. if something else is happening over here, you take priority to this. Like, That's and good. just kind of letting people know that they have a status because I in your life. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who walk around seeing friendships on Instagram mm-hmm. or thinking they're left out of a click when really most people feel like they haven't found their people because no one's ever said, hey, you're my people. That's right. We are our people. This yeah. is it. This is the time. You know, I, I tell my my like best friends, like their kids and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to know you forever. I need yeah. you to know. Yeah. Like I'm even establishing yeah, that with their that. kids. Yeah. Like, hey, if you, if you don't like that, I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> it's because I'm not just going to be like, you know, fun friend, fun mommy's friend, because I'm more like an auntie. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. So I love you. I'm going to love you no matter what you do, you know? I love that. So yeah. That's beautiful. When it comes to faith, this is kind of the last one and we're going to hammer it home. When it comes to faith, how have we learned how to be prehabilitative? It's an interesting one to kind of put, superimpose the idea of prehab on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you are the most, it's funny that you heard a word like prehab and we're like, ooh, Interesting. You were probably the most prehabilitative person I've met in my life in all areas. So, I mean, Mm. I think this is a great question for you, both in faith and anything. You know, like, what are the steps, assuming that people listening here, right, in the Braveheart community are the type people, and we do make this assumption of the listeners, that you are the growing kind. That's right. You are... You're mm-hmm. listening to this because you're like, I don't want to stay how I am. I want I want to take on life in a better way so that I make more impact, right? And that is like yeah. Pedro's kind of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our kind of people. But I just mean they, you, a lot of people here follow you as a leader. And so what are ways in your faith and otherwise that you are prehabbing? Yeah, daily? man. Thank you for saying all that. Yeah. Um the truth. I think I think of it a lot as working my left hand. It's something I've talked to you a lot about, and mm-hmm. I don't know where I got that concept from. It might have been from somebody else, but baseball, maybe. I don't no. know, but the idea of like, okay, I'm right hand dominant, and my my left hand is full of weaknesses. Right, it can't mm-hmm. move as fast, can't move as quick, it can't. Uh, it doesn't have as much strength. It's it's a little awkward and funky, and I feel like a, a third grader trying to shoot a basketball with mm-hmm. it. Like it's just bad. And so in my life, I really look for weakness in my life because I see weakness as opportunity. Yeah. And I love that. Every time I see weakness in my life, I see a new Everest to climb and go, oh, that's really cool. Like I get to climb that and figure that out. And it's problem solving to me. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's growth. It's uh, There's humility in it. You know, if yeah. if you're constantly looking for left hands in your heart, in your mind, in your friendships, in your time, in your money... Uh, areas of weakness, areas of struggle, areas of difficulty, areas of challenge, uh, that means you're going to always feel small. And small is a good thing for us as humans because it's really easy for us to feel big, Hmm. especially in 2023 when we can put out a podcast and we can put out videos and we can put out influencer content and we can put out all kinds of things. We can put out an image. Totally. And um, working behind the scenes. Completely false image too. (laughs) Yeah, working behind the scenes to always get better. I heard... I think it was Donald Miller. He had a quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, uh, he talks about amateurs and he says, amateurs want praise. Professionals want feedback. Mm. And that's the idea. It's like yeah, I love that. getting feedback. Your, your, your weakness is feedback. That's all it is. It's feedback telling you that there's room for growth, which is the literally the concept of this podcast is yeah. we all have 
room to grow. So let me be vulnerable for a second and say like, I'm finding weaknesses in my life. One is, uh, let me tell you the strength of it first and I'll tell you why it's a weakness because it'll sound like a strength at first and you'll be like, oh, it's a humble brag. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm being very vulnerable in this. Um, one of my strengths is I've learned how to get a superior amount of work done in a very short period of time. Right. And so most productive person on earth. I can yes. do like an hour, an hour and 20 minutes, and I can do a checklist of about 13 to 15 things, a punch list. And that could be bills, that could be finances, that could be administrative, that could be emails, that could be booking travel, that could be all these things. I can get a lot done. The downside to this is I have a very hard time at downshifting, like what I would say is my nervous system mm-hmm. once I'm done. Right. Like I feel anxious. I actually feel some of that right now, if I'm being really honest, sitting mm-hmm. here, because right before this, I was doing the punch list. And I feel this this sort of low level anxiousness, anxiety. It's not about any one thing. It's just that I revved my engine as hard as it could go for a very short period of time. And now I can't downshift fast. I'm trying to get Mm. downshift. You can't down, you can't rush the downshift just like you can't rush an upshift, right? So I feel like um, I'm struggling there. And so now I see weakness and I go, okay, uh, that quote, which they don't have a, a person who to attribute it to, but it says, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Mm. And so for me, I I look at it and go, well, I can I can walk away from that every day and just deal with the, the anxiousness for a couple hours and then I'll coast out of it eventually. Or I can reframe the way I'm working. And maybe mm-hmm. I need to try some different things. Maybe I need to try working in 40 minute increments and then pausing for four minutes to go for a walk or five minutes to go for a walk. And uh, maybe I need to, every 10 minutes need to stop and pray for one minute, 60 seconds. Yeah. I just downloaded John Eldridge's app yesterday. And um, it's literally just about pausing for one minute. It's called the one minute pause. I hmm. highly recommend it's free and it's so good um, and so helpful. And it just reframes like, hey God, like everything I'm doing and everything I'm going, I just give everything to you. It's 60 seconds of that. So I'm, I'm struggling there and I see opportunity yeah. for that left hand to get stronger and go, okay, Sometimes your strengths, uh, your strengths will start to show as weaknesses when you, when you, as you get older and you get further into leadership. Even the things you thought you're really good at, you're like, oh dang, that's actually caused some problems in my life, and I need yeah. to address them. And so I don't know, I have answers for it, but I would say um, when it comes to faith in general, for me, um, I want to be very needy. Sure. Right, like as a leader in culture, and as a leader in my home, and as a leader in my friendships, and a leader in my relationships, a leader as a parent, like these are all leadership-heavy areas. When I come to the to to a time with Jesus, I want to be needy for Him. Mm. I want to be desperate for Him. I want to be like messy. It's not like a common term that you hear men yeah, say. I think that's that's why is because we're we're told we need to be strong, and we mm. automatically equate strength with a projected um, impermeability. Like you can't mm-hmm. permeate me. I'm, I'm tough. Yeah. I got a shield, I'm armor, I'm bulletproof, you know? Uh, but really like, I think we're as strong as we are weak. Like, I mean, the Bible talks about the, our power, his powers made perfect in weakness. Yeah. Now I don't, I'm not gonna go around in every space and bleed on everybody and be weak in front of everybody. Right. Um, but I think vulnerability is powerful. And I think when it comes to my relationship with God, that's the one place I go and I'm just like needy. Like, I don't know how to handle money. I don't know how to handle this business. I don't know what to do with brave work. I don't know how to love my wife the way she needs to be loved. I don't know how clean or unclean our house should be. (laughs) Like, More on that later. More on that later. That's a big conversation. Um, I, I don't, I don't, there's just a lot I don't know. And I think your confessed weakness is, is really powerful. It's yeah. really powerful. And so I don't, 
I think prehabilitation when it comes to faith is simply reliance and dependence on on Jesus. And if you don't follow Jesus, I would say, um, you know, find something you can follow and subscribe to that you believe in and passionately and will give your life to. For me, that is the way of Jesus beyond a shadow of a doubt. You mentioned earlier how we can never fully know suffering on this side of eternity, right? Or what, what was that? Can you say that again? Well, I was saying I, we can never be fully immune to suffering oh, okay. on this side of eternity. Yeah, which totally right. I, I Now that was a quote butcher right there, what I did. But okay. um, I'm just kind of thinking about that as it pertains to faith, right? Because there is a, there are a lot of people that I know who who subscribe to and who were brought up with, brought up in faith and believe that with Jesus in your life, mm-hmm. we are immune to suffering. Mm. And that's something that I really struggle with because if you teach that, then you're going to see people um, leaving faith by the droves as they're disappointed in what the world and what life has to offer, yeah. you know, um, because things don't make sense and so much happens, right? I think that one thing I'm super thankful for when it comes to uh, my faith being rooted mm-hmm. in my life is that I had parents who never fed me that bullcrap about that. about uh, suffering not it's being a, a thing with Jesus, yeah, you know. But the but to <laughs> and we talked about expectations earlier, but actually to expect it, anticipate yeah. it, and yeah. that. It always, and it's something that I always talk to my kids about is like, is the gift of Jesus enough just mm-hmm. as is? Because if nothing's ever added to it, if if you never get another good thing, is the gift of forgiveness of some someone caring enough for you, is that enough? Mm. Because life may take everything else besides that. Yep. You know, and so um, yeah. I think we all, no matter if we're talking faith or finances or friendships or um, parenting or marriage or any of the things we've talked about, I think none of us who are listening, none of us who are talking right now are getting any younger. Yeah. And the older we get, the more maintenance life takes mm-hmm. internally, externally, our bodies, yeah. everything, right? Yeah. And so prehab is so, I like, this this is rocking me and I'm so excited that you brought this up today because we we need it. We yeah. need it. Like life is only gonna get harder on our bodies and our minds and our because we are deteriorating, right? Like naturally that is what is happening to mm-hmm. us. And so prehab, any way that we can prepare our minds, our bodies, our spirits to experience people in the world. Let's go. I love that. Well, Remind you guys, man, prehab is all about identifying areas of vulnerability, weakness, and imbalance. And as you do that, we wanted to give you a tool that would help you identify those areas and be able to walk stronger and have a healthier path forward. You can get this uh, three-step guide to doing brave work. It will help you do that. It'll help you identify a morning routine and a flow that's going to help you uh, have some alignment, help you help you definitely have some awareness. It definitely has for me. Uh, it's what I practice. It's what I follow. And uh, you should go snag that. You can get that at pagelatory.com slash U-Y-O-U. And you can download it for free right there. You'll have it in your inbox today. You should snag it. It's going to help you live a prehabilitative life. Any last words before we sign off, babe? No, just um, we love you. Yeah. We're here for you. We're in it with you. Yeah. 
and hit us in the DMs and we can send you a link to that too. Or yeah. uh, we'd love to hear more about what's going on in your world and what we can maybe add value to your life here on this podcast. And lastly, as I always end, I'm going to end with our brave work quote that sort of sums up how we have chosen to live life as a family, as a business, Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully we'll be passing on to our kids. Mm -hmm. And so this is what it means to live a brave life. It's the act of emptying ourselves continually so that we can see what is worth being and doing. We'll see you on the next one. Room to grow.